Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. Matthew chapter 4. If you have your Bible, say amen. And if you have this verse, say amen. Come on here. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Jesus went all over Galilee teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing people who had all kinds of disease and sickness. The news about him spread through the whole country of Syria so that people brought to him all those who were sick, suffering, here he goes, from all kind of diseases and disorders people with demons and epileptics and paralytics and Jesus healed oh that's so good them all he healed them all and I want and I'm as I'm sharing this like we're experiencing more technical technical difficulties in one day than we have in the entire month Don't be distracted by what's happening. Don't be distracted if the lyrics don't go up. Don't Listen, you be plugged into what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this house. So many technical difficulties, but I think that in the midst of it, this is one of my points that I'm going to share, that God stacks up the odds against himself and then shows off. Does anybody believe that in this house? And so Jesus went about healing everywhere. And you might think, but that was 2,000 years ago. That was a long time ago. But Hebrews 13 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he did it yesterday, he's going to do it today. Does anybody believe that in this place? My title is simply this. Jesus is our healer. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Thank you, Lord God, that we don't have to beg, that we don't have to plead, that we don't have to try to manipulate you, that we don't have to try to coerce you, that we don't have to try to try to convince you, but that you want to be with us, that you want to love us, and that you want to heal us. Help me preach this three and a half hour message in 30 minutes in Jesus name we pray and everybody says can somebody make some noise in this house let's give it up one more time for our musicians um you may know this but when you get married um uh, any married folk in the house so we got some married folk in the house listen when you get married um you develop like these little sayings that you have for one another you, you know what I mean? Like, if you're a husband, you have these sayings for your wife. And if you're a wife, you have these sayings for your husband. And so you have these little, you know, kind of unique sayings that you say with one another. And for me, like, when I tell Lisa I love you, uh, she always goes, how much? Because my love for her is not enough. She wants to know how, how much. And so I said, baby, I love you. And she goes, how much? And my, and, and my answer is, is always the same, is demasiado. Translation, if you don't speak Spanish, is way too much. 
And that sounds way better in Spanish than it does in English. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? It's like too, like way too much. Yeah, like it sounds way better in Spanish. But when she tells me, I love you, I love you, big bear. She's over there sitting down. She's like, I don't call you Big Bear. I can hear her on the way home. She's going to be like, who is it that used to call you Big Bear that you're bringing in this conversation? She says, I love you. And I'm like, how much? And she'll tell me every single time. She'll say, with all of me. Oh, get cute. She'll say like, oh, with, with all of me. And I thought about that for a second because I'm like, all of you? The totality of who you are, you in your entirety, like all of you. Because you know you, like there's at least two yous in you that nobody knows about. And listen, I'm not going to say that Lisa has, I'm not going to say that you or Lisa has multiple personalities, but I'll just put it this way, you multifaceted. Right? Like, like you know, you, 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 you may not have that multiple personalities. Well, some of you, sabes que, you might. But... I'll say about Lisa, she's multifaceted. And you know exactly, let me explain what I mean. Have you ever met Lisa the cook? Like, I, like, like, I get the pleasure and the enjoyment of experiencing all that Lisa the cook has to offer. And if you've ever tasted her food, you've experienced the grace of God. Come on, in another way. And so, like, for me, like, I love Lisa the cook. Then you have Lisa... The mother, she's the mother to four of my children, and she's, she's also a mother of the house. She, if you see her leadership style, she's a spiritual mother to many, and, and she, she's also Lisa, the, the, the pastor. Come on, somebody, and Lisa, the worship leader, right? Like, Lisa, the worship leader. Like, and, and this year, we got to experience another layer of Lisa, Lisa, the preacher. She preached three times this year. And so she's multifaceted, but as her husband, I get to experience Lisa on a whole nother level. Like I get to experience Lisa in a, I get to experience my, one of my favorite Lisas. I get to experience Lisa on vacation. Come on, somebody. I get to experience Lisa on vacay. And let me tell you, Lisa on vacay is a whole different person. You know what I mean? Like Lisa on vacay, Lisa's one of the most humble human beings I've ever met in my life, except when she's on vacation. And so Lisa on vacation, I love her because she'll be like, like, this is one of my favorite things that she does while we're on the vacation. We go on a getaway. She'll look at herself in the mirror. I'll come from the back and I'll look at her in the mirror. She'll lock eyes on me through the mirror. She'll look at herself and she'll be feeling herself when she's in the mirror on vacation. You know what I'm saying? Like she's taking pictures like this. And I'm like, come on, calm down. you." <laughs> and so she'll be looking at me and she'll be like, baby. I'm like, yeah, what's up? She'll be like, all this is yours. Come on, somebody. He's about to fiddle. Kuhau Kids has left the building. Come on. But, but, but I love that because she's like, all this is yours. I don't just experience a portion of Lisa or part of Lisa, but I get to experience Lisa in her totality. I get to experience Lisa in vacation mode, Lisa as a mother, Lisa as a wife, and all of this is yours. And I thought about that concept because I heard the Holy Spirit tell me this today as I was preparing for this message. He said, would you tell my children that I don't want them just to experience a piece of who I am? Whew. He, says, he, he, said, he said, I want them to experience all 
that I am. Would you tell my children today that all of who I am is yours? Come on, somebody. All that I am is yours, says the Lord. And so we've experienced the last few weeks, we've kind of painted a portrait of Jesus. And we spoke about who Jesus is, that Jesus is our God, that Jesus is our Savior, that Jesus is love, that Jesus is our shepherd, that Jesus, come on, last week we did it in a trifecta, Jesus is the point. But God doesn't want us to just stop at seven weeks of experience of who he is. Because he's not just a seven-week God. That God wants us to experience all of who he is. And he told me, say, don't settle for just a portion of who I am. Come receive the totality of who I am. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stop short of what God has for me. What do I mean? That if God has blessings for me, I want that. That if God wants deliverance for me, I want that. That if God wants grace for me, then I want that. That if God wants healing for me, then I want that. That if God has forgiveness for me, then I want that. That if God has prosperity for me, then I want that. If God has healed marriage for me, I want that. I want everything that God has made available for me. I haven't even began preaching. What am I doing? Let me show you what I mean. One of my favorite scriptures is found in John chapter 10, verse 9. And it says, yes, I am the gate. Watch this. Those who come in by way of the gate will be saved. That word saved is the word sozo. Everybody shout sozo. And, and you will go in and out and find green pastures. The thief's purpose is steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give life and life in its fullness. You want to know what sozo is? It's life and life is all in all its fullness. When you look at the word sozo in the original language, it's this word that means salvation. It means healing. It means deliverance. And it means to make thoroughly whole. And sometimes we just stop stop at one portion of what sozo means. He says, I have come to give life and life in abundance. I have come so that those that walk in the door will experience sozo. They'll experience salvation. They'll experience healing. They'll experience deliverance. And sometimes we just stop at one aspect of what God has to offer. I'll show it to you like this. Like, like, um, you like my little gift bag? It's pretty. My little gift bag. Que lindo. This is what the Lord showed me. He said, he said, do you, oh, by the way, on birthdays, you get a lot of these gift bags. Come on. And so watch this. Watch this. Look what the Lord showed me. Oh, by the way, next week is my birthday. And, and you know, like, if, if you don't know, once you start reading, reaching my age, you just start like, you just start like, you don't even say your age. You're just like, you know, I'm 30. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, how old are you? I'm like 30. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't even say the age. But, but on your birthdays, you get a lot of gifts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just because you were born. Guess what? When you were born again. You receive the gift of salvation. And look what the Holy Spirit showed me. Oftentimes, God will give you a gift bag of salvation. And he gives it to you because you were born again. Now watch this. But many of us, this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. Many of us just open the gift bag like this. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'm out. I got the forgiveness of sins. 
and he showed it to me like this. If you got a gift bag that had a lot of gifts in it, and you only were content with the first thing you opened and forgot that there was more in the bag, you're not receiving the totality of the gift that God had made available for you. And oftentimes, listen to me, this is where we live. And let me tell you, this might be the most important one. And oftentimes we receive the forgiveness of sins and we, 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 are, we, are, we are appreciative that God has become sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. And we sing songs about his forgiveness. And we sing songs about him washing our sins. And we, we sing so many things. We preach about the forgiveness of sins. And let me tell you, this is the most essential one. But oftentimes... We never realize all that the forgiveness of sins has to offer you. And so we live in this place of, whoo, I love, thank you, Jesus, for my forgiveness of sins. God's children, God's people, we've opened the bag and God is saying, no, there's more in the bag. Whew. God is telling somebody today, listen, you've received my forgiveness of sins, but I didn't just save you from something. I saved you for something. I didn't just give you salvation, and salvation is only the forgiveness of sins. There's more in the bag of salvation awaiting you. And many times as believers and as children, children of God, we, like, we might taste some of what salvation has to offer. So we got a little bit of peace. Ooh, I got my peace. I got my peace. Peace, peace down the river. Got my peace. Thank God I don't sing and I just preach. Here we go. We got our deliverance. Come on. Anybody been set free and delivered in this house? Come on. We walk in deliverance. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and for your deliverance and for your mercy. And then we, we receive, come on, anybody know Jehovah Jireh, our provider? Anybody receive? It's all a package deal of salvation. It's all found in sozo. God wants to save you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to give you peace. God wants to set you free. And God wants to provide for your every need. But sometimes we still stop short. And my prayer today is that we would receive all that has been made available for us in the package deal of salvation. Someone shout, there's more in the bag. No, no, say it like you mean it. Say, there's more in the bag. Look at the person next to you, tell them, listen, there's more in the bag. Did you get everything that was in the bag? Tell them, did you get everything that was in the bag? Tell them, did you get everything that was in the bag? Can I tell you what's part of the package deal of salvation? It's healing. Can I tell you something today? What God wants for your life is not only to save you. Listen to me very clearly. God doesn't want to just save you and see you live miserable. That's why people are like, you can't preach that God wants to see you happy. I'm like, if God didn't want to see me happy, then what am I trying to do trying to be happy? You should never do a thing in your life that will try to make you happy if God doesn't want you happy. Because if God wants you miserable, you should stay miserable. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But God wants to save you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to set you free. God wants to give you peace. God wants to provide for you. But he also wants to heal your body. And I, can I tell you this? So many of God's people have, gone, have not gone back to check what's in the package deal of salvation. 
They got their sins forgiven. They got a little bit of deliverance. They got a little bit of peace, but they're still walking in sickness. They're still tolerating disease. They're still suffering with ailment. And God is saying, listen, I need you to believe me for this. If you can believe that God can forgive your sins, if you can believe that God can set you free, if you can believe that God can give you peace, listen to me very clear, then you need to believe that God can heal your body. The same God, listen, the same God that will save you from condemnation can heal you from cancer. The same God that can set you free from the demonic can, can, can heal you from diabetes. The same God that can heal you from heartbreak can heal you from heart disease. The same God that can heal you and deliver you from a lying tongue can heal you from leukemia. Is there anybody in this place that will believe that we serve a Jesus that heals? He is a healing God. And there is no limit to what he can heal. There's no limit to how he can heal. It's who he is. We spend the last seven weeks talking about who Jesus is so that we can paint for you a proper portrait of who God is. So that we can paint for you a proper perspective of who God is. And oftentimes, if you have a distorted perspective on who God is, you'll have a distorted perspective on what you can expect from him. And let me tell you, when you have a distorted perspective on what you can expect from him, you have a distorted and a skewed way of corresponding with him. But it is in God's nature to heal. It is in God's nature. I want to tell you today that God wants to heal you. One of the most difficult messages that I preach is this one here. Because it's so easy for people to believe that God can forgive their sins. But when it comes to healing, they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that, that's what God wants for me. I don't know if God wants to heal me. I've seen so much suffering. I've seen so much sickness. I don't know if that's what God wants for me. I want to tell you that it is in the very nature of God to heal you, that God doesn't want to hurt you, that God wants to help you, that God doesn't want to put burdens on your back. God wants to give you blessing, that God wants to heal you and all you have to do is to see the life of Jesus to see that it's in the very nature of God to want to heal you in Matthew chapter 4 we read it earlier it says Jesus went all over Galilee teaching in the synagogues preaching the good news about the kingdom I want you to pay attention to the language it says and healing people who had all kinds of disease and sickness the news about him spread through the whole country of Syria so that people brought to him all those who were sick, suffering from all kinds of diseases and disorders. People with demons and epileptics and paralytics and Jesus healed them all. I want you to see how bountiful and how lavishly Jesus' ministry was. It says that he went all over, all kinds of, whole country, all those who were sick, all kinds of disease. Jesus healed them all. Did you see the munificence of Jesus' power? It was not only in his nature, but it was also his priority. And if that is not enough, those that bared witness of who Jesus was described him in the same manner. In Acts chapter 10, you'll see the apostles say this, and you, know, and you no doubt know that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with, Holy, with the Holy Spirit and with power. And went around doing good and healing all who were possessed by demons, for God was with him. What did Jesus want to do? 
He wanted to save people, but he also wanted to heal people. This is God's desire, that in salvation you also find healing, that in his nature you'll find what is good, and what is good is healing for your body. And one of the greatest blessings that you can ever receive after the initial moment of salvation is to experience the healing power of God. You might be in this place and you might say, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, that might have been for a time and that might have been for yesterday. But again, I want to remind us what Hebrews chapter 10 says. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 13 says, it reminds us just in case you forgot let me remind you what it says, that the same Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What is the author of Hebrews trying to communicate? Listen, if he saved people yesterday, do not fret because he can save you today. That if you were bound yesterday and he set people free yesterday, that he can set you free today. That if he healed people yesterday of every form of ailment and sickness, then he can heal you today today if you believe that with faith in your heart give God a shout of praise in this place Jesus is our healer the first point I want to share with you today is Jesus heals watch this write this down in your notes put this on Facebook put this on Instagram you don't got to tag me but you should follow me at I'm just joking number one he heals because it puts his power on display. That's what I want to, I want to tell you why Jesus heals. That's what I want to do for the remainder of my 20 minutes. I want to tell you why Jesus heals. That Jesus heals because it's put, he puts his power on display. I want to show you in, in John chapter 9. Watch what it says. It says, and Jesus was walking along and he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sins or because of his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered, this happened. Someone shout, this happened. Oh, you got to shout that you have faith in you. This happened. This happened. This happened so the power of God could be, could be seen. Isn't it interesting that a man that could not see, God wanted his power to be seen. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. I love the way the, the, the Passion Translation translates this verse. It says, it happened to him so that you could watch him experience God's miracle. It happened to him so that you can watch him experience God's miracle. It happened to him. Now, what, would they, what were they concerned with? They were concerned with why is it that he had the condition that he had. And this is what I want to say. Listen, there is no misconception of Jesus in the Bible. There's only this ambiguous concept of Jesus in his church. There isn't a distorted perception of Jesus in the Bible, it's often seen in his church because, because of theological differences and because of uh, different affiliations and denominations, we would see a skewed view of Jesus. And there's some camps that would even believe, like these disciples, hey, he got it because, you know, you know what he was doing. Oh, you know why she's sick? She's sick because you know. How many of us have put ourselves in that type of pedestal where we have looked at people's ailments and people's sufferings and already put judgment calls on them and said, oh, yeah, you know why they're like that. 
You know why she broke. You know why she's suffering. You know why he can't get a, a girl. You know why she can't get a man. You know why she's still... Did you see Jesus? Oh, my friends, he wasn't concerned with that at all. It seemed to me Jesus was more concerned about healing him than he was about trying to figure him out. See, because what Jesus saw was an opportunity not for criticism to take place, but for his power to be demonstrated. And can I tell you, I, I love sharing this story because this is something that, that is very dear to me. This is something that I knew that I was going to use one day. Come on. I'm excited. I'm, I don't get sponsored by Walgreens, but I just, I'm, I'm here to share this for a second. On here, you will see a date of July 3rd, 2018. I, I, I woke up and the whole room was spinning. And I promise you, I was rebuking demons. I woke up. I could not. I, I was. I, I could not. I went to rush to the hospital. They told me I had vertigo. And you know what the doctor told me? Pastor Marquez, the doctor looked at me and my wife, and he said this to me. He said, hey, listen, this is just what happens when you, when you reach, you know, you start reaching your age. I said, the devil is a liar. Get thee behind me, Satan. One can slay. I just quoted everything. I was like, Martha, Martha. I remember, I remember taking a nap. And he said, hey, this is, this is something you're going to have to deal with, and here's some pills that I want you to take. They might help. They may not help. But regardless, you should still keep taking them. Can I show you that this has not been open? And I've kept it in one of my cabinets because I knew I'd be able to share this story one day. And let me tell you, I took a nap in the emergency room. And my wife bears witness here. I woke up with John chapter 9 in my mind and in my heart. And I looked at my wife and I said, the Lord just told me in a dream that he was going to heal me. And he told me just like this, Rolando, this happened so that my power could be seen in your life. This is why it happened. It happened so that my power will be manifested in your life. And the truth is that oftentimes we want the breakthrough, but we don't want the broken heart. Sometimes we want the, we want the comeback, but we don't want the setback. Oh, oh, we want the healing, but we don't want to bear with the sickness. And, and you can only experience the freedom of God if you've ever been bound. You can only speak, experience deliverance if you've ever been in bondage. You can only experience healing if you've ever been sick. You can only experience his breakthrough if you've ever been broken. You can only, and sometimes, let me tell you, God just wants to show off in our life. I really believe, and I say this prophetically right now under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that there is a season coming to this church. There's a season that's coming to this church where God just wants to show off in our life, where God just wants to show off in your life, where God will stack the odds up against himself and say, let me show you how it's done, that God just wants to show off. Does anybody here believe that there is a God that wants to show off in your life? Listen, he could have just teleported 
transported the people of Egypt into the promised land, but he wanted to show off, so he put a highway in the middle of the Red Sea. Listen, he could have just taken the people of Israel and taken them over Jericho, but he, he stacked the odds up against himself, and he brought the walls down with a shout. Listen, he could have just brought fire up on the altar of Elijah, but Elijah said, let me show off my God. He said, bring some more water. Bring some more water. Bring some more water. He goes, okay, the odds have been stacked enough. Okay, God, do your thing. And I'm believing that there's a church in this place that can look up to God and say, God, do your thing. God, I know it doesn't feel right right now. I know it doesn't look good right now, but God, do your thing. I know it feels like I'm being set back. I know it feels like I'm being left behind, but I really believe, God, you're about to show off in my life. Does anybody believe in a God that is a show of God? Woo! God, show off. Show off in this forgotten borough that people call Staten Island. Show off and bring revival to New York City. Show off and bring revival in the tri-state area. Show off and bring healing to this nation. Show off and bring healing through worship. Show off and bring healing through your word. Show off, show off, show off. Show off in our workplace. Show off in our families. Show off in our homes. Show off. Show off. Jesus heals because, because he puts his power on display. Number two, write this down. Jesus heals because it's been paid for on the cross. John, could you help me with the cross? Jesus has paid for our salvation. He paid in full for our salvation. He didn't just pay in full the forgiveness of our sins. He paid in full for your peace. He paid in full for your deliverance. And he paid in full for your provision and for your healing. And I want to show you something. I want you to hold it right here, John. Bam. Now, oh, rocket cross. Anthony, I know you got a library of worship songs here. I want you to, I want to give you two scriptures. Isaiah, and what I want to do is I want to show you how the prophet Isaiah, what he does is that he speaks to what is about to happen or what's to come. But then... Those that experience what Isaiah spoke about speak about what Isaiah said like it was already done. I want, you to, I want to show you. This is all scripture. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 6. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him and stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and watch this by his stripes we are healed another translation says we will be healed this is Isaiah prophesying he says oh man there will be a day where we will meet the Messiah there will be a day and he will be chastised and by his stripes we will 
be healed. But look what, how Peter says it. Peter quotes the great prophet Isaiah. And look what he says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He says, who himself bore our what? Our sins. Look what's in the same place of the verse that talks about sins. Sins in his body and on the tree that we have died to sins and might live for righteousness by whose stripes we... Isaiah is pointing to the cross. He says, oh man, our sins are going to be forgiven and our, and our bodies are going to experience healing. It's by his stripes, by what happens on the cross, by what happens through the crucifixion. We are going to be healed. We are healed. But Peter says, Isaiah spoke about what's to come, but I'm going to write to you about what's already done. And so what he says is like, hey, hey, listen, we have already been forgiven. We have already received our righteousness and we have already been healed. And it's by his stripes that we were healed. And you might be saying, but I don't got my healing yet. Well, how did you get your salvation? The manifestation of salvation here on earth happened 2,000 years ago, even though if we could go, we go theological here and we talk about that. The Bible says before the foundations of the earth, we were saved. Okay, but that's just a whole other story. We could talk about that matrix tomorrow. Anyway, to, but the manifestation of salvation came at the right time. Jesus talks about the right time, or the apostle Paul talks about the right time. And, and, and it was manifested 2,000 years ago. You know when your sins were forgiven? They weren't forgiven right now. They weren't forgiven. That's why it drives me crazy when people are like, Dude, does Jesus forgive all my sins, even the ones after I'm saved? And I'm like, all your sins happen after the cross. What does that mean? That he forgave me 2,000 years ago. The gift was paid for 2,000 years ago. But you received it the day you received them in your life. Huh. Okay. Okay, so, so salvation took place 2,000 years ago. And he says that our chast the chastisement of our peace was upon him. That means peace took place 2,000 years ago. But you became a recipient of that peace by his grace through faith. By his grace, by his love, nothing that you deserve, nothing that you did, nothing that you earned, nothing that you worked hard for. No, it happened 2,000 years ago, before you was even up, I thought. 2,000 years ago, it took place, but you received it in the present moment. The gift was already paid for, but you received it in this moment. Can I tell you something about your healing? Your healing's already paid for. Your healing is already paid for. Your healing is already paid for. I don't know whose body is sick today, but your healing is already paid for. I don't care what suffering you've experienced, but your healing is already paid for. And the same way you receive the forgiveness of sins is the same way that you can receive your healing today. That it was paid for 2,000 years ago, and you can receive it by grace through faith today. Not because you're good, but because he's good. Not because you're faithful, but because he's faithful. Not because you're devoted, but because he's the devoted to you. Woo! Feel the spirit of God in this place. It's already been paid for. But sometimes it's so easy to believe that our forgiveness of sins is paid for, but not our healing. And some of us have been like wondering, why have not I not have received my healing? Can I just give you a little help here? The same way, how did you receive salvation? The Bible says, 
that if you confess with your, with your mouth and believe in your heart. There's been so many instances in my, own, in my own life that I've experienced God's healing in many different ways. When I was diagnosed with vertigo, in an instant I was healed. But I was diagnosed by three different doctors that I needed surgery on my neck. And many of you here are, were able to witness that. By three different specialists that told me, hey, you need to go to the, you need to go get surgery ASAP because your nerves are being compromised right now. And if you continue like this without the surgery, your hand is going to shrivel up and you won't, you will lose complete strength in this hand. And I remember having a conversation with my wife and I said, I will confess for the rest of my days that Jesus Jesus is going to heal me. Matter of fact, I had to change my language. And so what I did was I confessed with my mouth and I believed in my heart. And sometimes, can I be honest? Let's be honest. We live in a fallen world, in a broken world. And even our minds in some areas have not been renewed. And so it's easier to believe certain things than to believe others. And I, sometimes you got to confess with your mouth until you believe it in your heart. Sometimes you got to confess it until you believe it in your heart. Sometimes you got to confess, God, I am healed from cancer. God, I am healed from leukemia. God, I am healed from heart disease. God, I am healed from ailments. God, I am healed from sickness. Until your heart says amen and amen and amen. Let me tell you, and the doctors, I told, I told the, one, one of the doctors, I said, listen, I'm going to come to you in a few months and show you that my God healed me. I will not take the surgery. I will not take the surgery, but I know the one who is the master surgeon, and he is the one that will heal my neck. Listen, I don't know if you noticed, this, bit, this hand ain't shriveled up. And there was one time that Lucas could beat me up because I had a shriveled up hand, but now I've tapped him out three times. Come on, somebody. I'm just saying. It's been paid for on the cross. And sometimes you have to confess with your heart. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And there's times that you have to confess until you believe in your heart. Oh, you don't know the power of confession. You don't know the... Scientists are now discovering the power of confession. How powerful it is. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, that word God is actually translated into Christ. It's actually the word of Christ. So, so when you begin to hear the word of Christ, your faith begins to come. Your faith begins to come. You might be like, I don't got faith. Well, when you hear the word of Christ, your faith begins to come. And listen, what that means is that your faith is directly proportioned to what your ears are internalizing. Which means this, that what comes out of your mouth is also going back into your ears. And so if I need to confess that I'm blessed, I need to look at my children. They might not look like they add up, but you might look at them and say, no, you are the head and not the tail. You are the righteousness of God. You are healed. I know what the doctor said, but I'm going to speak the report. Psalm, the Psalm, Psalm chapter 2 said, I will declare the decree of the Lord. And sometimes you need to confess it with your mouth until your heart believes it. 
It's been paid for on the cross. Last point, write this down as the worship team comes up. Jesus heals. Thank you, John. Jesus heals. Write this down. Because he loves you. Jesus heals because he loves you. He heals because he loves you. There's some healings that are going to take place in this room right now. We've allotted some time just to impart healing. And there's some healing that's going to take place in this room, but I also believe there's some healing that's going to take place throughout this week. Yeah. Help me preach this, Lord. There's some healing that's going to take place throughout this week. Because God doesn't want you just to be a receiver of healing. He wants you to be a dispenser of his healing. And he wants you to be the conduit in which healing is brought to the world. In the same way reconciliation is brought through what Jesus paid for, but then he gives us that mission. He also gives us the mission of healing this world. And so Jesus heals, last point, because he loves you. So throughout this week, I want you to meditate on these three things. That Jesus heals because he wants to show off in your life, because he wants his power to be seen in your life. That Jesus heals because it's already been paid for. And Jesus heals because he loves you. And some of us are confused about that. And it, man, it burdens me to think that there are some people that are confused about that. But Matthew chapter 14 says this. So when Jesus landed, he had a huge crowd awaiting him. Jesus arrives, and he has a huge crowd that awaits for him. Seeing so many people, his heart was deeply moved with compassion towards them. So he healed all the sick who were in the crowd. Did you notice what it was that brought Jesus to move towards him more than? It was his love. Do you want to know what healing is? It's a mark of God's love. Why does Jesus heal? Because it's a mark of his love. That Jesus wants to see you heal. If you're ever wondering in this place, will God heal me? Can God heal me? Elsewhere, he tells a disciple, he says, I am willing. You might be wondering, I came here with a sickness, with an ailment. Maybe some of us came here to stand in the gap for somebody else who is sick. And God says, I'm willing because I love you. I want to heal you. I want to set you free from all disease and I want to do it because not because I have to not because I'm obligated to but because I love you it wasn't God's holiness that drew him towards people it wasn't his omniscience that drew him towards people it was his compassion Maybe you're in this place today and you're wondering, will God heal me? Can God heal me? 
and want to say, I want to say this to you. He absolutely will. He absolutely can. In recent weeks, we've seen healing take place in our church. And I believe that that's just the beginning of what's going to happen at Kuhau. The Holy Spirit showed me that this will be a place where hundreds and thousands will come to receive their breakthrough, their healing. Not because we preach healing, not because we sensationalize healing, but because we introduce them to a Jesus that loves them. Because we introduce them to a Jesus that wants to heal them. And I just want to say this. I want to, I'm going to ask everybody to get up on your feet as we close. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message. And we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.